Hi, this is Matt Hall from Azimuth, and this is another episode of Veteran Cast. We're at the 1150 Academy. The mission of Veteran Cast is to educate, inform, and improve the lives of veterans in our community. This is a podcast hosted and produced by veterans in order to serve our sisters and brothers. Well, the uh, the last time that we were with the 1150 was John Qualls was on the show. Uh, I'm not even sure that was probably six months or more ago. Oh yeah, yeah, it was early. In the and year. it was pre announcement of GI Bill. Yeah. Uh, so I think he was about jumping out of his pants that he wanted to That's announce nice. it, but he formally couldn't announce it yet. And so the great thing about today's show is now we're back. Uh, approval for the GI Bill came through. We have David uh, David Witt, who's a vet, sitting next to us. We have Sean Gardner, who's the Executive Vice President of Strategy and Business Development. And then since that meeting, I've met with Scott Jones, uh, had an incredible conversation where you guys are really tackling the vet community head on, right? Oh, absolutely. And David is our first GI Bill recipient to come through the program. So he's a wealth of knowledge for us, not only as a student, but also as someone who has endured the process of using the benefits that he earned as a veteran. And definitely, we liked him so much, we hired him on as a staff member here because he definitely brought those attributes that you look for in a veteran, right? Somebody who's you know, medically fit, physically fit, legally fit, drug-free, knows how to give orders, know how to take orders, and knows how to lead, right? All those things yeah. that every employer is looking for in somebody and uh, coming out of 1150 Academy, not only to get veterans with those skill sets, but actually the ability to code, right? And those folks are very few and far between, but we're trying to make a whole lot more of them out there. And we, we found out about veterans joining the program. They have two things we look for in every applicant, and that is attitude and aptitude. So if they have the aptitude to, to do well in coding and they have the attitude and the grit to do it, then uh, we're going to help them be successful. And not only once they're successful here, we're going to help them find a job out there with employers who are looking for those same skill sets. So if you don't mind, David, if I can ask, what, what is your job title here and what do you do at the 1150 Academy? I'm an instructor um, for JavaScript right now. What is JavaScript? (laughs) (laughs) JavaScript is uh, a type of coding or uh, coding language. And uh, we're teaching, right now we're in the middle of what we call the blue badge. And uh, first off, you start off with fundamentals. And then you go to uh, React. And then we go to Angular after that. That would be the red badge. So I'm in the middle of... So yeah, we're broken to three phases. So the gold badge, like David said, that's kind of the basics where people are... You know, computers in a row, you know, people are listening to the instructor. They're kind of giving uh, blocks of instruction from the podium, students' hands on keyboards, in the code, learning. Uh, once they're successful in gold badge, they move to blue badge. That's more of a team concept, right, where the instructors are still leading, but folks are learning to code in a team, much like they would find in an employment environment. And then as they move to the red badge, the instructors will take another step back where it's really teams leading each other Absolutely. to help be successful uh, in the coding process. So it's really kind of a phased operation, if you will, much like you would see at basic training, right, or some other boot camp out there is where, you know, it's broken into phases, and by the end, you are, you are capable of doing it on your own, and that's kind of how we've structured our format as well. 
And the fantastic thing there to go back a step. Um, so JavaScript is obviously, you know, probably from Netscape Navigator One <laughs> was basically a client side language to do code locally on a on a web browser, but now it's evolved significantly that it's it's a it's a huge language. But there's a couple of the, you you mentioned the couple frameworks that are common throughout every company from uh, what from Facebook to you know, you know absolutely uh, so Node and React. And so what you guys are really doing is you're enabling someone to jump straight into you know coding. Then you're, you know, to go through your badges, then you're getting them on frameworks that are common in the workplace so that they can, you know, get jobs. And then you're teaching them how to be a developer at work, which is a significantly different experience, you know, than sitting down and hacking at home. Right. And, and what we, we really try to stay up with the most current technologies out there. And this is something that we're able to do being an agile, flexible boot camp opposed to, say, uh, any other academic institution out there where right. the curriculum is only, you know, reevaluated and updated about every three years. Right. You know, Google just came out with Angular 7 a few weeks ago, and we are teaching it in the classroom that very same day. Wow. So we are able to stay current with what the demands are of the industry, and I think that's what makes this boot camp type environment so appealing to employers because they know that the graduates of 1150 Academy are going to show up and they're going to know the, the latest and most recent technologies that are out there opposed to getting somebody, they might have a degree in computer science, but they were learning, you know, Angular 3 uh, and it just, they're going to have to bring that person in and, and retrain them and re-educate them themselves. So it really saves that employer time having a, a student come out of the 1150 Academy, who's up to date with the most current technologies out there, and and uh, and you had opened uh, Sean with I think a really important statement, and that was just talking about why veterans are you know built for this, you know, and I I feel the same way. I mean, I'm definitely went to boot camp, you know, whatever centuries ago, but ninety five, eighty six, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but but. That's exactly what we went to, you know, boot camp in in in, uh, in the Navy. It's, you know, you go to boot camp and you go to A school and then you go to C school, you know, to kind of get your chops and expertise and everything. But what they teach you there is really, you know, the fundamentals, the process, and then, you know, how to react, right? You know, I, I, the discipline aspect of it and everything else. And I always tell people that a lot of people think the military is um, follow orders, Right. And it's and it's not. It's it's no interpret communication and, you know, and then execute flawlessly on that. Otherwise, people are in real danger if you don't. Yeah. And it's, it's breaking it back down, you know, to, to nothing and building it back up on a framework that that's created. So it, I could see the, the definite similarities. Yeah, yeah. because you have to it, it is logic. Mm -hmm. It is making decisions, you know, quickly. It's responding, doing things safely, you know. And the parallels with coding, you know, obviously aren't life and death nowadays. Well, it is, I, I suppose, if you're working on a system that, <laughs> you know, that is life and death. But the, the parallels are there that, you know, we have all kinds of issues today that, you know, uh, compliance and regulatory issues, security issues. Uh, I, was, I was in a, uh, the Indiana... Uh, what was it? The Indiana Broadband um, uh, Conference here recently, and they said that the number, the number one demand right now is cybersecurity skills, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and so that's it. Is you know everybody's developing, but is anybody learning formally how to develop with security in mind? Right. You know? 
right? So, you know, I know that cybersecurity is the big focus of the nation right now. I know I've said for years now that the future wars aren't going to be fought in the mountains of Afghanistan or the sands of Iraq. They're actually being fought every single day in cyberspace. Right. And, you know, there are a lot of great certificates and a great training opportunities out there to learn the cybersecurity techniques that you need to be successful. But when you take on coding as that added additional skill up, if you will, that makes you that much more effective of a cyber warrior. And we're pretty confident that the skill sets that we teach here combined with some other cybersecurity opportunities are out there that we can really put some some good folks out there in corporate America or into, uh, you know, the defense industry out there uh, helping defend on the cyber side. So can I, being an infantry guy, and I'm a big green crayon, take the hill, hoo, hoo, hoo stuff. So this coding stuff is like Chinese to me, but can you, so could you break it down to somebody like myself? So coding, I, I saw a commercial a couple of years ago where a lady came out and said, you know, I just got a job. I'm a software engineer. I do coding and I'm working for GE. And uh, some lady, was, her mom was like, you're going to tell refrigerators to speak to each other. And she turned around and said, well, yeah. <laughs> so can you break down it kind of what, what coding is and, and, and how it's applicable? Because it, right now, which what I'm thinking is, you know, laptops, big screens. I'll uh, take the first cut, and then I'll hand it over to the expert, David, who actually knows the, 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 you know, the ones and zeros of it far better than I will. But much like we say that uh, money is the language of business, coding is the language of innovation. If anybody 10 years ago would have said the largest taxi company in the world would own no taxis, yet Uber owns no taxis and their largest taxi uh, agency in the world. If anybody would have said that the largest retailer in the world would own no stores, Amazon owns no stores. If you would have thought the largest movie industry or movie provider in the world would own no theaters, Netflix owns no theaters. But what makes all those companies so different than their competitors is coding was the language of innovation that allowed them to be disruptors in all of those business environments. So if you look to the future, you're looking to innovate and you're looking for opportunities, coding is definitely what's going to separate you from your competitors. And I, and I think coding uh, has, again, being the old guy sitting here around the table, has evolved as well. You know, that in the, I think when people think about Silicon Valley and the old day of coders where they had to, you know, sit there and calculate how much memory they were using and how many resources they were using and everything else and come up with a elegant solution, it's really dramatically changed now. And that's that you almost don't have to worry about infrastructure at all. And I'm not going to say you don't, but, but for the most part, most of the infrastructure that we have is cloud infrastructure. So you write up on Google or Amazon or whatever, and all you do is work on how do you make it work, you know, and then you watch how the system reacts to it. And maybe you have to optimize it a little bit, but it's a lot easier than it was, you know, let's say 40 years ago when people were, you know, writing in Fortran and everything else. Um, and so it's, uh, if you ask me, and I'm a geek, but I think it's fun. You know, I, I actually sit down and to me it's like a logic puzzle, you know, and how do I get this logic, you know, to output the appropriate response based on somebody's inputs. And that's all I'm doing over and over and over again. And, and so, um, and again, it goes back to that, you know, that's how I learned to troubleshoot in the Navy. You know, I was an electrician in the Navy. And if there was a piece of equipment that was broken, you had to figure out what are all the inputs and what's the output that I want and troubleshoot it, you know, through all of the different, you know, electrical components. And, and, uh, and so the, to me, the parallels are huge. 
the underside is that you're doing it at a keyboard and you're not getting any exercise. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a problem. Yeah. And you're you're working on teams too, and that's something you yeah. you build in the military is how to work with other people. And and this and this job, you have to know how to work with other people. You have to be able to deal with stress very well too. I mean, especially in this boot camp. You, it's stressful. It, it, they bring it. They bring it fast. But you don't have to come in with a whole lot of knowledge either. I mean, you're building your first website by the first week, and wow. people are coming in with no knowledge at all, never using HTML or CSS or anything like that, and they they're doing it in their first week. And it's just it's remarkable. After what we do in a month, I tell the students take a step back and just look at what you've learned already, and you're building your own apps and websites, and it's it's amazing in my opinion. Yeah. So, so how does a boot camp, I mean, I, when you tell me a boot camp, I'm waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to bed at 10, and I'm doing a lot of push-ups. So how, how, do you, how does a boot camp typically work? Is it a, a one-day? Is it a 10-day? Is it a 10-week? It's, uh, I believe it's uh, 12 weeks. Um, 12 week boot camp, and uh, you can do the push ups, but we don't require them here at all. Um, and it's it's every uh, every month you're in a different different phase that I was explaining earlier. That you're the first month you're doing your fundamentals, the second month you're learning React, and the, the third month you're learning Angular. It's like nine to five. It is nine to five. Yeah, you can show up at seven and do push ups you want, and you can do push ups <laughs> you want. But yeah, nine to five is the required hours. And um, but people stay. People like people that love it. When they find a you know a, a thirst for this, they're in here at all hours of the night, and they stay. And people are enjoying it. That's a, uh, the, you know you had mentioned something that you know that uh, you were you're the guy that go goes and captures the hill, and it's all a mystery to you. I'm telling you, probably what within the first hour you dissolve all those mysteries, right? With, yeah. with people that they think this magical web thing is really intense, high tech, you know, and everything <laughs> <Magical>. else. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's really not, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty easy to learn. Um, when you break it down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm not the smartest cookie, you know, and uh, I, I I pick it up just fine. And it was, uh, I just had to work hard. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard work. And that's what military, you know, installed in me as well. And, and as long as you, you know, put your nose to the grindstone, you can pick it up just fine. Yeah. Um, from a from an 1150 standpoint, um, you guys are tackling GI Bill and really, really trying to get a hold of vets. Obviously, hopefully, we get we get you out to a few, you know, that that see this opportunity. Um, can you talk more about, you know, the uh, the number of vets that you're trying to reach, where you're trying to reach them, how yeah, you can get them in? I mean, we really see this as a great opportunity for folks who are leaving active duty and even folks who are in the Guard or Reserve. But you know, there's so many folks in the Guard and Reserve who are unemployed or underemployed. And this is such a wonderful opportunity if they do have the GI Bill. We have folks who, you know, are making minimum wage at Dairy Queen and filling ice cream cones, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's hard to raise a family on that type of living. And 12 weeks later, we have had people make $70,000 after a 12-week investment of their time and some money or their GI Bill uh, into this. And I think it's really a great opportunity to, to really start to change some trajectories of families and their lives and, you know, I always said that the military was the greatest social economic ladder in the nation, right? I mean, people yep. with no opportunity whatsoever join the military, and it's a great equalizer. And they have, they learn skill sets and have uh, opportunities like the GI Bill to really change, uh, w again, what their trajectories were in life. And, 
you know, that's why I loved coming here after the military because I spent some time in recruiting. It was very rewarding to give that opportunity to folks who had no other chance other than the military to change, you know, where they were headed. And I kind of see that 1150 Academy, we're a nonprofit, kind of has that same mindset. We're people for profits, and we're really trying to find those folks out there who want to take that next step and elevate their life and their and their future to the next level. And I think veterans really, one, they have the aptitude, the attitude, the grit, and the desires to be successful. And those are the things that it takes to be successful here. And then we're going to provide you the skill sets you need to be successful in the corporate world. And we actually have a career services uh, uh, directorate as well. So we're helping you get in with your GI Bill. We're gonna train you on the skill sets you need. And then we've got a whole team that helps you find employment in the tech industry oh, that's awesome. once you're done. So we've got uh, about a 90% graduation rate, which I would stack up against any other academic institution yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got uh, over an 80% placement rate. So. You know, we still have some folks on the bench that we're still working with to, to find opportunities. And uh, we're all about helping folks be successful once they're done here. So you said you're a nonprofit? Yes. So how, how does, I mean, so nobody's going to make money off of this and sell this to, to Xerox or <laughs> Dell and, and get an island off of Florida somewhere? No, no. We, you know, we, we try to keep our cost as, as low as we can to still put out a great product that's going to have a real benefit for our graduates on the back end and you know it's again that's that's what we're here for and i think it's just a, a wonderful opportunity we appreciate you helping us get the word out to veterans because again i know that there are a lot of folks who are leaving the service thinking what's my next step right. what do i want to do you know do i want to go back home and you know work on the farm or do i want to go work in a coal mine or am i going to work in an auto body shop I, you know but I think this is an opportunity that really can help folks make that next leap from the military to a successful civilian career. Well, so, I think, and fast too, right? You know, I mean, the fact that one, you're, you're, you might not even use up your GI Bill, right? Whereas, seven months. Yeah. So if you were at a, if you were going to go to a, you know, a four-year degree program, guess what? You're going in debt. Right. You know? and, and we, in, right. So seven months with your GI Bill used, but we use seven months of it. But you're so you still have some GI Bill left over if you yeah. want to go get finish up your degree after here. So it really gives you a lot of flexibility, a lot of opportunity. So you could do 12 weeks here. You find a job doing some coding. You can go to school part time. You know, use the remainder of your GI Bill. Lots of options that uh, that folks can take to. Or if you're <clears throat> you've already used your GI Bill and it's it's not panning out. You got your you know other degree that's not you know, not working out there. What do they say? Underwater basket weaving degree? Or yeah. You got we, something? History. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there, you there you go. That's me. If you're if you got some GI Bill left, come in and uh, yeah, get you in. That's sure. a great point. We do. We have a lot of folks come through here with with uh, you know liberal arts degrees are great and they really provide a great way to develop a sound logic and and problem solving skills. But there's some liberal arts degrees out there that just aren't in, in demand as much as others. So we have a lot of folks with liberal arts degrees coming through, 12 weeks skill up. Again, they know how to think logically. They know how to think critically. They know how to, to do those things they need to do to be successful. And now we're giving them the skill sets to do that. So, yes, again, it's a great opportunity to, to skill up. So I know the GI Bill is, is a tough nut to crack. I know a lot of, a lot of schools, a lot of new schools have been trying to, to crack it. 
I, I don't want you to give give away the secrets, but I understand it was a lot of hard work on your guys' part to try to figure out how to how to be able to accept it. Can you go into that a little bit? You know, I wasn't here at the time when they got accepted, so I'm probably not the right guy to answer how we got to that point. I did come on board shortly after we got accepted, and I do know that I, you know, again, I think Scott Jones, our founder, John Qualls, who you yep. interviewed already, both you know really saw this as a great opportunity, a great springboard for veterans, and if we're going to help veterans make that transition for their hard work and commitment to the to the nation, then we need to do our part to help them use those benefits that they earn to come to the academy and, you know, take their skill sets to the, the corporate world. Yeah, and I think, I, I you know, to, to respond to a little bit of that in talking to Scott and John was, you know, the GI Bill was set up traditionally as well. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to obviously vet, you know, the education programs that were going into it. And so this is a totally different bear, you know, where it's not a three-year vetted curriculum that was, you know, uh, voted on by academia, you know. And so um, I know that they had to go to bat pretty hard to, to educate, you know, the people that were approving these yeah. companies. I, I'd imagine there were some trips to D.C. Yeah. and yeah. talking to legislators. And, yeah, and some... we were able to, you know, we, we have the numbers. We can show that. So we're, we are right on the average starting salary of a four-year degree right. with 12 weeks of investment, opposed to four years and a hundred plus thousand dollars worth of debt to make the same amount of money you can make after 12 weeks at the academy. So, I mean, I think we're a great option for those folks who, you know, the four-year degree is not necessarily something that they want to do or have the money to do, but, you know, the academy provides an, an alternate uh, solution and a great upside on the back end. And I think there's a there's a piece of this, and Sean, definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but you know there's an entire ecosystem around development too. That um, let's say you start out and you go to a boot camp and you learn how to develop, but there might be project management jobs open, quality assurance jobs open. You you know, there's there's basically customer support, uh, product management. We we have a lot of folks who come in who learn to code, who again leave here and never write another line of code. But right. here's what they do know. They know what it's all about. So they're going to manage those people who write code. And they're going to keep the people who, on a project, you're, the coder saying, well, that can't be done in 12 weeks. Well, they know that it can be done in six weeks, right? So they right. can really understand the process and the people that they are managing. And I think that ties back into the military so well, right? So many folks in the military come out. You know, I was an infantryman my whole career, right? There's not a big demand for closing with and destroying the enemy on the civilian side, right? But there is a big demand for (laughs) folks who know how to lead and know how to help others uh, find the, the, the greatest potential within themselves. And I think that when you come to the academy with those skill sets you've gained in the military, you learn that technical skill set that goes along with it. You're you're a great combination and a great candidate for a lot of those startup companies who are looking for someone who can come in, who can do multiple things, right? right? They, you know, they turn on the lights, they sweep the floor, they do the coding and they, you know, lead, right? I mean, there's all types of of skill sets out there that need folks with multiple talents. And I think we can, again, help veterans take those uh, skill sets that they developed in leadership and how to get things done and the grit and the tenacity 
tie it to a technical skill set that allows them to to be successful. Yeah, it's that I always tell people sometimes that my job is, you know, translating Klingon, right? <laughs> that I have developers on one side of me and then I have the business problem on the other. And and I'm one of a few people in between that knows how to do that translation. And that's what you're preparing people for is Absolutely. that you have businesses that have problems that technology can fix. But you need that person in the middle to be able to help do that. Right. And I think the military helps develop those soft skills that are necessary to make that translation between technical and the end user. Yeah. With with actual execution. Absolutely. Because in the corporate workplace, sometimes we see that things drag on a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) So it's always good to have someone with military background in there. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So, Sean, uh, you know, what kind of problem is this for the country as a whole as, we, as we're as we diving into technology? Yeah, there's a great statistic put out by Department of Labor that shows in the next two years there'll be 140,000 programming jobs created. But if you look at all the computer science programs across the nation, they will only generate 40,000 wow. computer science majors. So there's definitely a large void out there in the job demand and the number of people who can fill those positions. And that's where we find ourselves as the academy as being that great solution, again, for those folks looking for a quick opportunity into a, a job market with an, nothing but up yeah. side. Uh, we can definitely help those folks. There's there's spots in, in Indianapolis has stats as well as, as Indiana having 85,000 jobs open right now. And then by 2020, there's, they're estimating that over 200,000 positions will either need, need upgraded or be created in Indianapolis alone. So it's, there's a... It, there's a lot of opportunity just in this area, let alone take it, taking it elsewhere in the country. Right. I mean, I, I know I'm old, so I used to think, you know, when I was coming out of college, if I, could, if I knew how to use Excel and PowerPoint, I was <laughs> going to be successful in business, right? And if you look at the, the day's environment, if you know how to code, that's what's really going to put you ahead of your peers out there, whether you're in business or, you know, in the medical field or so many other uh, career fields out there, if you have that skill set to know how to code, you're going to be a game changer for yourself and for your company. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. And, uh, you know, some of the things I want to displace some myths out there too. You know, I, I work with close with technology companies all across, you know, the Indiana and beyond. And uh, and so a lot of people think, well, coding is going to get outsourced, in, you know, in a few years or whatever. And we hear that a lot because there, there are, you know, uh, China, India, you know, there's a huge growing, you know, uh, um, infrastructure there. But I'm telling you that most of these jobs come right back. And most of these jobs are um, offshoring has other problems. It has cultural problems, security issues, you know, things like that. And so what I've seen over the last probably five years is that companies are more and more taking this internal or working with a development agency that's local, you know, because of language issues, security issues, you know, all of those things. And so I I only think the demand is going to keep increasing, you know, locally for that. Yeah, I I mean, I I applaud Scott for really seeing the vision four years ago of seeing this major demand coming on the horizon and then actually having the wherewithal to put together an academy and a program that could really help to meet that demand. Yeah. The other part that's exploding is the broadband side. I think uh, Verizon announced in Indiana that they're going to be putting 5G 
uh, we're the first state, I think, that they're that they're pushing that in, which opens up uh, Internet of Things, which is basically the connectivity of your refrigerator or your garage door or, you know, whatever it is. And so that whole IoT side of the equation and development is exploding as well now. And I think people are vastly underestimating that, you know, almost every company is going to have a development component to it. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, and that's a great point, Doug. You know, I think so many companies out there are a technology company or a little bit of a technology company, whether they realize it or right. admit it at not, at, or not at this point. So I think the sooner that, you know, these companies realize the technological advantage they can have when they embrace it, the better they're going to be at outperforming their competition. I, I give you, a, you know, a, a funny quick one is that I got a new heating and air conditioning system put into my house, and the first thing that the guy had to do was program it. <laughs> right. You know, he had to get it on my network, and and this system alerts the technician before it alerts me that there's something wrong with my system. You know, so there's a traditional, what, 100-year-old job now that now there's a technology component to it that it's going to integrate with third-party things like your Alexa or your, you know, your phone or whatever, you know. And, and so I think companies just aren't thinking that, but there there is. There's a technology component to everybody's job nowadays, and programming is what opens up those opportunities big time. So I wanted to get, before we, we start wrapping up, military service. Sean, what did you do in, in the military? What, what, tell me about your military service. Military experience. Uh, just re- recently retired after 23 years of military service, spent uh, all those years in the Army, uh, had the opportunity to spend two years of my life in Afghanistan, uh, had the opportunity to uh, jump out of airplanes uh, for a few years of that time. And, uh, you know, where I'm from in southern Indiana, you're either a coal miner, a farmer, or you leave. I took option three. I just <laughs> left. And uh, it was the greatest decision I ever made. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've had opportunities present themselves through my military experience that I never would have imagined. And uh, I'm, I'm sitting here today because of those experiences and those opportunities that the military has provided me. So, yeah, it was a great ride. I, I, I'm leaving it for a younger generation. And, uh. You know, when I was 18, no one told me it hurt this bad when I got out of bed at 47. <laughs> and if they had, I wouldn't have believed them. But uh, I'm happy for every pain that I, that I have because it was all worth it. Yeah. How about you, David? I was. Uh, I have to second him on that. I mean, best decision I ever made in my life. I'm joining the military without a doubt. I was uh, Air Force for six years in Charleston, South Carolina. Beautiful, beautiful place. I think I jumped out of some of the yeah. airplanes you were probably <laughs> yeah. working on. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, yeah, um, six years. It was great. It was absolutely fantastic. And then I used my, my GI Bill to uh, to get my CS degree and then finish it up with with this and it was phenomenal i mean it was i learned so much i think i learned more here than i did and with my four-year degree to be honest with really you. absolutely yeah, we, we actually had several computer science majors come through and say you covered more in the first two weeks than <laughs> i learned in four years as a computer science major yeah. and that's not to scare people off that's just to say that you know it's it's intense it's a boot camp it is you know, nine to five, five days a week with some opportunities on the weekend to excel with some homework. But, uh, but in the end, it's it's all worth it. And the opportunities are, are definitely presenting themselves for our graduates. And Looks. it's definitely an application focus rather than a theory focus as well, right? Yeah. Absolutely. 
And it's job specific too. What we're learning here. I mean, it's what we're using out in, in the yeah. real world. And that's you're not just taking some history lesson or anything like that. You're learning what you're actually, you know, coding. So <laughs> what we are here for. It's hands in the code, no textbook. Your 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 hands are on the keyboard, and and you're learning right there, immersive style. Right. I think you think of these programs and universities where you go to Spain to learn to speak Spanish for 12 where you try it. It's all about immersion. It's all about yeah. using it day in and day out so that it becomes this innate uh, internalized process. And that's the same thing we're doing here, right? It's just immersive, hands-on, day in, day out, learning the code, understanding the code, and living the code. Absolutely. You want mine? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Well, I will tell people because it, it, it's uh, it's an interesting you know kind of roadmap that I took. But but I started as an electrician in the Navy, so industrial electrician. So obviously fixing equipment every day, troubleshooting equipment every day. When I got out, the internet was new, right? It, you know, and I happened to go work for a newspaper that said this internet thing is probably going to take off. Let's let's start going down that route. And so I started programming programmable logic computers, which we had had in the Navy, and then started networking equipment. And then the next phase was developing applications because there was no platforms for that. And so the the, the fascinating to, thing to me is that I excelled beyond all of my peers, not because of my intelligence or anything like that, but because of that military training, you know, was that you had to get a piece of equipment up and get it, get back online. Otherwise people didn't get fed people, you know, planes didn't land, you know, <laughs> whatever it was. And, and so I brought that sense of urgency and, and that troubleshooting logic, you know, with it and it, it lends perfectly to this. And so when I picked up coding, you know, it was, I didn't have a school, you know, it was hard knocks. And, uh, and so it was five years of pain and rewriting my code that I, <laughs> you know, so I, I wish there was a code academy back then when I had gotten out, you know, because I, I think it would have um, absolutely advanced my career even faster than it already had. But the the Navy really just kind of built me for this. It's it's fantastic. Cool. <laughs> I did Army. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, infantryman for a lot of years. I started off actually as an electrician on Apache helicopters. Oh, there you go. So I, I ran with with multimeters and and pulled pulled boxes and fixed wires. You're and twelve stuff like weeks that. away from writing your first platform, <laughs> and and some and a little bit more. Yeah. Um, actually, I have taken. A, I did take a a class, a boot camp here last. A couple of weeks ago for WordPress. Nice. And just a couple hours, just to kind of get you. And, you, and you're right. It's just in a couple hours, you get a little. It's not. Hey, go in here and start doing this. It's this is where this started. This is where it's going, and this is how we get you there. Yeah. So I, I, I got to applaud you. I mean, I've I've dipped my toe in eleven fifty a little bit. So well, jump on in. The water's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, there, I guess one of the other things was, uh, David. Since you don't have a, a vested interest, right? Do you have? Do you watch the Army Navy game? I I do I do you, not. you don't no, do you I, know who's won the last two years I assume it's Army since you're bringing it up it might be Army <laughs> what's is Navy got the the overall though well he well, did say last like two years yeah. <laughs> we've been way. doing this for hundreds of years it's it's a long time yeah. but uh, did Blaine put you up to that it's a thing <laughs> it's a thing brother it's a thing so. uh, and then the the last thing we should say you had mentioned uh, for people now is the call to action time so uh, you had mentioned. Um, you know, the, the number of jobs in the state of Indiana. So for our listeners outside the state, there are 
are good reasons to come to Indiana. Uh, we've got there's a five thousand dollar incentive. If, there you go. If you come and you, you get a, a job in Indiana, there's a there's a five thousand dollar cash incentive. Gotcha. Uh, not to mention uh, your, your housing tax for a house under one hundred seventy four thousand dollars. So if you're a veteran, uh, up to one hundred seventy four thousand dollars of your house is is tax mitigated, uh, and then you only pay tax on on what's above that. Um, there's also uh, great things with employers that get tax breaks for hiring you, uh, all different kinds of stuff. So it is a it, right now it's it's starting to boom a little bit in Indianapolis, as well as we have 16 Tech that is starting to to build up around the uh, the downtown area. There's a lot of great uh, entrepreneurial hub areas around that that do some of the uh, the, the help and the assistance for for if you want to come and start your own job. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot got a lot popping in Indianapolis for uh, employment. Low cost of living here, great place to raise a family, good schools. Uh, you know, all I those tell cases. you, it, I, my brother lives in San Jose, and every now and again, I'll, I'll he told me what he paid for his house in San Jose, and every now and again, I'll pull up that price that price point in here, and I'll show him the ten bedroom lakefront property that he could have had right here in Indiana for it right in in Marion County in Indianapolis right. for the for what he paid out there. And, and I'll just say to those folks who are out there who are on active duty right now ETSing, right? You've got you you've moved enough in the military. What's one more move for 12 right. weeks, right? I mean, what a great opportunity to say if you're stationed at Fort Bragg or Fort Hood and you're going to go to Washington State or wherever you're going, why not stop here 12 weeks on your way? We do have housing available. Use your GI Bill, seven months worth of it. In 12 weeks, you can come out with a, a great opportunity to set yourself up for a success to make that one last move uh, to the private sector. Yep. So I think it's a great opportunity. You can move out to Seattle and go to Amazon, but they're coming out here next. That's, I, you know. that's right. Yeah. For, for people, uh, for that $5,000, where do they go? To, to look for that? that uh, InVets. Okay. InVets should be able to lead you. I'm not exactly the exact link, but InVet, I-N-V-E-T. TS.com, I think it is. I think it is. If, is it if, .com or .gov? And you can get a hold of us. Westwood is a, yep. a friend of ours, so, you know, absolutely we can put you in touch with them. And then for 1150 Academy, what's the enrollment process and everything for someone yeah, with GI so Bill? if you just 1150.org. That's spelled out, right? That's spelled out. Yes, thank you. Spelled out, uh, 1150.org. Be happy to, to help you out. we got some great admissions counselors. Uh, very well versed in the process and David himself as we lean on him a lot as someone who's gone through the process to help us be more efficient in helping veterans use those GI bills to, to come to 1150 Academy so yeah, check us out um, we're happy to, to help you in any way we can to great and we'll put those uh, we'll put those links on the show notes at uh, veterancast.com uh, com and we'll share those on social media as well for anybody. But if you have any questions, definitely contact us and we can put you in touch. And uh, I, I should say we're live here at a well, we're recorded here at, at the 1150 Academy. So for thanks, thanks for having us up here. It's it's a beautiful facility. Well, we appreciate the opportunity and what you're doing to help you know yeah. help veterans across the nation and uh, whatever we can do to to help them and help you by all means. Please let us know. Well, and we'll check back with you in another quarter. So Sounds great. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Dave. Please visit VeteranCast.com for additional information. Subscribe to our podcast, and we'd also appreciate a review. God bless you, and God bless America. <laughs>